defense. And again, you have to adjust a little bit for the Clippers not being good on offense this year. Bottom five in the league, no PG. All that does matter. But a 108 defensive rating is excellent, especially on the road with no legs at the end of a road trip. Long trip, long way away, body clocks, all that stuff. To do all that is pretty impressive. The Clippers were 39% from the floor in this game. That's very good. The Hawks contested at a high level throughout. Not a lot of breakdowns defensively. Even when the Clippers were having success, it wasn't for lack of defensive execution. The one glaring issue was the glass. And that's going to kind of be the case with Capella, especially in a matchup where, like, if the opponent has a real seven-footer and Avisa Zubac is really underrated, I thought the Clippers didn't play him enough, and he played a lot. I think he played, yeah, he played 38 minutes. And, like, if he had been able to play more than that, they would have won the game. Uh, that's one of those things where the Hawks were plus 10 with Zubac off the floor. And that was a, a huge thing because when they were when he was on the, he was on the court, the Clippers were the better team in this game. But part of that is that the Hawks are really small with Acapella. Kongwu not a great rebounder at this point. Obviously, as we talked about it a lot. Collins is good at the four, not great at the five as a rebounder. And uh, the Clippers are just pretty big around there. So that was not a huge shock that the Hawks had trouble there. But it got better as the game went along. It was really bad at times early on, and then in the third quarter. But it was uh, you know not totally disastrous by the end. And the Hawks had good uh, activity. They had nine blocks and seven steals. Those are very good numbers, especially the nine blocks. Nine blocks is like a, is like almost double what the leader makes. That's really good. It's really impressive stuff from the Hawks defense. And it wasn't just one guy. Everyone was active. Collins had three. Congo had three. AJ had one. Jalen Johnson had one. Aaron Holiday had a block in this game. Uh, Steel-wise, I think there were five guys that had at least one steal. That's uh, you know, it was, a t- it was a team effort defensively, and they were very, very good at executing up and down the board. Um, offensively, it was a total roller coaster. Uh, by the end, it was a 113 offensive rating. That's like fun. It's like average for what this Hawks team should be. Uh, it was there were highs in the second quarter, lows in the third quarter. Fourth quarter was just fine. Um, they did go eight of 12 on twos in the fourth which a lot of that was Trey, um, and shot for the game 57% overall on twos. That's uh, a solid, not a spectacular number, but certainly solid. A big thing, as the Hawks often do, they took care of the ball. Nine turnovers. And placing a team that's the Clippers for all their all their offensive trouble, they're a top five, six, seven defense in the league, and the Hawks took care of the ball the entire game. Only six steals allowed, nine turnovers, nine, nine turnovers overall. And when Trey was out there, the Hawks were plus 11. Uh, and that is mostly the offense. So anyway, it was a complete effort from the Hawks. It wasn't perfect, but there were offensive things that to, to, to sort of count on, defense things that you can sort of, sort of count on. I think it was more defense than offense, if I had to guess, on one side of the floor or the other. But uh, it was kind of everything. And yes, Clippers are struggling right now, but to go on the road and get this win in the fashion they did and to be as resilient as they were, because look, the Hawks, it felt like in the fourth quarter, if we're all being objective here, after the lead was gone of 17 and they go down 11, it felt like the Hawks were in some trouble in this game. No question about that. It's ne- it was never over. It was never like teetering on that line of being over. But um, for the Hawks to come back from 11 down with like seven minutes to go on the road, last game of the trip is uh, a hat tip moment, I would say, for uh, hopefully for everybody involved. And uh, obviously they have two days off now to kind of uh, you know get ready for a game on Wednesday. All right, we'll have more on the player observations in this game as well as some, uh, some non-game news at the end of the podcast and more. But first, a word from our sponsors on the show. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. If you look at a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories that come along with it, you really need to try a Built Bar. We just finished the holidays, of course. I know one of my goals this year is to eat a little bit healthier. And if you're anything like me, you don't give up the taste to actually eat healthier. And Built Bar is a perfect option to blend those two things together. With Built Healthy, is actually tasty. They're so delicious that you actually won't believe that they're good for you. They have 100% real chocolate on the outside. Yes, real chocolate. 
and they come in a ton of awesome flavors. Peanut butter brownie is one of them. Coconut almond is one of them. And the list never ends. Bill Bars tastes like a candy bar with only 130 calories and four grams of sugar to go along with 17 grams of protein. You want to also want to wait around really very long to get a box today. And for a long time, I've been telling you to order your Built Bars at Built.com. You still can do that. It's a great option for you. And you can also get them at a local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Walk into the pharmacy section of a local Walmart and grab a box of Built Bars, including a four-bar box of my personal favorite, Cookies and Cream. Or if you're closer to a Sam's, run in and grab a 13-bar box. That's a lot of boxes. That's a lot of bars in one box. That's a great deal probably at Sam's as well. Make sure to check out Built Bar no matter where you can get it from, including Walmart and Sam's. Check it out now at Built Bar and start your new year right. Okay, and we'll get into the player evaluations now. Uh, really a 10-man rotation in this game, but it was kind of nine and a half. Aaron Holiday didn't play in the second half, which is not a huge surprise. Four minutes in the first half, he was part of that bench unit that did some good work. Uh, didn't score, but had a block, had a, had a rebound, was just fine when he played. Uh, Kaminsky, I thought, gave them better minutes in this game than he has for most of the season. I think his second half stint was a lot less effective, but his first half stint was actually pretty good. Um, four points, five rebounds for Frank. Uh, five rebounds being a big part of that, had an assist. He's a generally a pretty decent offensive player overall, which I've been trying to get people to understand throughout. Defensively, it's it's pretty bad usually, but he was at least competitive in this game. I thought he'd get good minutes. AJ Griffin only played 11 minutes, which I think is probably a little bit low. Um, I think defensively, he had some issues, and they were trying to cover up from that in the fourth quarter, which is understandable. But he had seven points on three shots, had a block, it was plus three, no rebounds, no assists, all that stuff. But he was just, he was fine defensively. It's like there's some shortcomings though, which is fine for a rookie again. Um, Jalen Johnson, first half, brilliant. Second half, not quite as brilliant, but certainly a good game from him. 13 points, four rebounds, two steals and a block on uh, only seven shots, uh, shooting possessions for Jalen. So uh, really good game from him. I, I think that I don't have much to add there. I think uh, we've seen flashes from him. We've seen a quarter here, a quarter there, a half here, a half there from Jalen. Like He really shows off a lot, and hopefully he builds on this one because he was uh, he was really good in the first half. And then Bogey struggled. Now, it's funny because Bogey had the second best plus minus on the team, which is a reminder that you can't just take single-game plus minus as gospel. Uh, you have to put some context around it. It could be kind of useful, but one of those things where uh, Bogey was not good in this game, now, full stop. Defensively, he's very bad at this point. Uh, I hope it gets better for everybody involved, but it's it's a struggle. And then offensively in this game, he had four points on 13 shots. Do the math on that, not what you want. He was two of six on twos and 0 of seven on threes. And that's going to happen sometimes. The shooting waxes and wanes, but he's going to make shots. I have no issues with that whatsoever. He did have five assists. Um, he was a good ball mover at times, four rebounds. But it's hard for Bogey, I would say almost impossible for Bogey, to return positive value shooting like this because his defense is bad at this point. So uh, a mixed bag there for sure. But uh, he was out there, and I thought the Hawks wisely went back to Hunter probably a little bit earlier than they would normally uh, in the fourth quarter because Bogey could not stay on the floor. Um, to the starters, uh, Okongwu was probably the quietest of the five guys in some respects, but also made a bunch of big plays. Five points, three blocks, nine rebounds, two assists. He was only 2 6 from four, which is a little bit weird for him. Uh, I will say it's a bad matchup for Okongwu. Uh, there are certain guys in the league that I just circle as bad matchups, capital B, for Okongwu. Um, obviously, the high-profile guys, your Jokic's, your Embiid's, just for size and skill, of course. Um, Valanciunas has been on this list for a while. Uh, Zubac is not as good as those guys are. Actually, he's probably as good as Valanciunas is. But uh, I think that just physically... It's a lot for Akongu to deal with Zubac, and that was definitely the case in this game. But I thought Akongu made some big plays late, um, protecting the rim, and just playing hard and playing effectively. Collins um, was okay. 13 points, on rebounds, and three blocks. Uh, very solid there. Um, one three from three. Uh, five of nine on twos. Sorry. Five seven on twos. And I thought that he wasn't like an A-plus game, but I thought he defensively played very well. 
contact. Rim protection wise, rebounding wise, led the team in defensive rebounds as he has been for a lot of the stretch without Capella. Had some foul trouble. Uh, wasn't a huge part of the offense at times, but I thought he was uh, generally like a B plus effective in this game. Uh, Murray, I thought pretty much struggled, but he was better in the fourth. Uh, he, he did he did miss the one open three, but he actually had a, a sneaky bucket that was important for them. Uh, he, he takes the pressure off Trey down the stretch. I think defensively he's still not playing uh, as well as he probably could um, in the non habit creation minutes. But four assists, five rebounds, sixteen points. Uh, he was okay. He wasn't good. I think he was probably below average overall, but uh, it didn't kill them by any means. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, I thought, was great. Tw- 20 points for Hunter, four rebounds, two assists, two steals, eight of 13 from the floor. Uh, offensively, he was pretty decisive. Not a lot of like bad contested 15 footers. That's just something he just like likes to do sometimes. He attacked the rim. He uh, only took two threes, but made one of them. And then defensively, you know, he did a great job on Kawhi. Obviously, it's, it goes beyond one player, but to hold Kawhi to 9-23 from the floor, he contested him the entire game. I, I pretty much never make it a one-for-one one thing on the perimeter for any matchup, but Hunter was clearly the primary guy on Kawhi. They were pairing him with Kawhi minutes-wise in this game pretty intentionally, it felt like, a couple times, and that was right. It was the right move. I thought he was really good in this game. He's been playing very well overall in recent days. I don't want to get over my skis, but it seems like Hunter is playing as well as he has in a long time, which is a huge thing for the Hawks. Obviously, they've already paid him, but the fact that he is indispensable on this roster, he's the only guy that does what he does as a big three defender. Play some four. Also just, you know, line up against Kawhi and not be overpowered physically. He had the one eye-popping dunk at the end of the first half, but just like playing with some juice going to the rim, playing with some physicality defensively. And uh, you'll see that from Hunter. Obviously, it's, it's still been up and down, you know, career to this point for Hunter, but I think that uh, lots of good signs in recent days. And then Trey Young, 30 points, eight assists, Four turnovers is totally fine for him, plus 11. Uh, the Hawks, when he played, were excellent in this game. Uh, he was efficient. Uh, 30 points on only 21 shooting possessions for Trey is very good. He was 6 of 11 on twos, 3 of 6 on threes, and 9 of 9 at the free throw line. Uh, he was great in the fourth quarter. 14 points in the fourth. He made all seven free throws. And and the, and the two huge floaters, you probably argue those are the two biggest shots in the game for the Hawks, were the two Trey floaters down the stretch. So uh, I think he's been shooting the ball better for the last couple weeks, generally speaking. But uh, this was a game where I think he just, like, capital uh, – he was very good down the stretch. The fourth quarter was some of his best basketball. He was under control the entire game. Not a lot of hero ball. He was the guy making the plays at the end, but he wasn't taking pull-up threes. He wasn't taking contested shots where he, where he had room. He was taking what he was given by the defense. He was exploiting that, using his skill set overall, and uh, playing under, under control and very well. So a very nice game from Trey, and the Hawks don't win it without him, obviously. So, With that said, if you've got last thing on the game itself, the Hawks the get this win. They're still not playing overwhelmingly well in this stretch, but to go 2-2 two two on the road trip, as I said before, but I'll say one more time, is huge. To do that, they're still hovering around 500. The standings are what they are. Um, the Hawks are not in the best shape, but they are the 10 seed right now. They're actually tied for the 9 seed. They're right there in the playing mix. That's not where they want to be. No one's happy with that. But through 40 games, the Hawks have done uh, enough to hang around. And I think the, the better days are ahead. Capella needs to be healthy and be back at some point to, max, to maximize his team. But and they got and they got to play better. But this is one of those nights where it's you're reminded like this is a good road win, like really good. So we'll leave it there for now. Uh, one piece of non-game news is that Vic Krejci and Tyrese Martin both are still on the roster through the non-guarantee deadline that passed on Saturday. Uh, from what I understand, Martin was a lock to be on the roster. Um, not a huge surprise there. He's a recent draft pick, of course, um, and also a guy who you know is very cheap, rookie minimum contract. But Krejci was a closer call, I believe. Uh, 
I would say this, very few people in the world had a better day on Saturday than Vic Krejci did because he had about half of a $1.5 million salary guaranteed all at once. So he went from, yeah, he was already going to make you know three quarters of a million dollars this year before taxes, but then literally overnight, he had he doubled that money. So that's that's a positive for Vic. Congratulations to him. He's been, a, he's been a really fun bench presence for the Hawks. He's not really playing much at all, but uh, he's, still, he's still on the roster and the Hawks are at 14 players.